Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. <laughs> Let's celebrate Olaolua, David. Thank you. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Praise God. I rejoice at your word like one who's found great spoil. You see, the word spoil is a very heavy word. All right? It's a very heavy word because spoil is more than money. Spoil is more than goods. Spoil is everything. Spoil is everything a nation can give to you. Spoil is everything. Natural resources, everything. The people, everything. The intellectual property, everything. All right? The inventions. Everything a nation can give and has built over several centuries is called spoils. So Bible says, David speaking, he says, if you give me spoil and you give me the word, I will choose the word over spoils. Amen. That's how powerful God's word is. That's how important it is. And that's how much we must pay it a lot of attention. Hallelujah. If you're online watching this, we celebrate you. We welcome you to the house. God bless your heart. We love you. So, um, <laughs> you, you may want to share the, the link on your status. Some of us have been doing that consistently, even without reminders. I salute you. So, please um, share the link of today's service on your timeline. And let's get into God's word. What a blessing it's been, the prevailing blessing. The teaching series has been so powerful and um, there's no end to God's word. No end. <laughs> no end. It is the glory of the Lord to conceal a thing. And it is the honor of kings to search it out. How honorable are you? Have you been searching out scripture? Have you been searching out scripture? Bible says in Proverbs 25 and verse 2. That it is the glory of the Lord to conceal a thing. And the honor of kings to search it out. Let me remove it. Amen. It is the glory of the Lord to conceal a thing. And it's the honor of kings to search it out. So that means God is not keeping things from you he's keeping things for you you're a king and how you enthrone yourself is by meditation i mean if you remember that at foj how you enthrone yourself in this kingdom is by meditation so god has installed things for as many kings who are willing to search it out so once you get into meditation and you begin to find out those things the lord has prepared for you before the foundation of the world through revelation knowledge you become a king so God is not the one deciding how you reign. You are the one that decides how you want to reign by meditation. Because the Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, conceal a matter. And it's the honor of kings to search it out. So you need to make it a habit to search out scripture. And by searching, I mean meditating on scripture. Having read, having studied, meditate. Squeeze the life out of it. Pathfinder, the book that I wrote, the entire book was about Joseph. The whole book. And here we are still milking from Joseph. And many of the things that I teach, you know, during this series, I didn't include in Pathfinder. Because 
Yes, it's just one story, just one man. But so much to glean from him. If you would let the Holy Ghost who installed that character in scripture to show you the other sides of the plot. Praise God. You will see many things. If you will just stay there and tabernacle and just milk from scripture. And for many of you who say the, the word of God is boring, please don't be mistaken. The word of God is not boring. All right. It's one of the most fascinating pieces of documents in the world. So fascinating. It's the lack of meditation that makes it look boring. It's the lack of meditation. You're not engaging your mind and your imagination and your thinking to engage the word. So you assume that it's just another boring relic that is to be kept in the museum. No, it's a living word. It's a living word. It has relevance in your day-to-day -day life. Amen. And that's, that's connected to some of the things that I'll be sharing with you today. By the grace of God. Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 10. Isaiah chapter 55. Hold on, sir. Amen. Please correct this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. 55 verse 10. Bible says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, he says, but waters the earth and makes it to bring forth and to bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's all I'm looking for. You don't need to go to 11. I know many of us are more familiar with 11. So shall my word be. But here is a very fascinating system in God. Very fascinating. So the eater comes to the presence of God. He's asking for bread. The sower comes to the presence of God. He's asking for what? For seed. Now, when the request gets into the presence of God, it changes its form. Because of the nomenclature that heaven is familiar with. So heaven is not familiar with the seed and the bread. Because they don't manufacture any of those in heaven. So when the eater and the sower pray to God and ask for their respective needs, when it gets to heaven, all that God receives is send rain. Send rain. But the eater and the sower did not ask for rain. So when the rain comes, because they lack the power to recognize, they assume that their prayers are not being answered. But their prayer is being answered only that they have not learned to understand the earth equivalent of heaven's rain and the heavenly equivalent of their bread and seed. So that when God sends the rain, they will learn how to recognize that he has sent the seed in the rain. He has sent the bread in the rain. Amen. This is one of the biggest challenges with a lot of believers. And we pray and we do not receive because we've not learned to recognize how God answers. So God had a specific conversa conversation with Abraham in Genesis 15. How that his descendants will go to a strange land. And they will be captured there for about 400 years. And that after a while they will leave with great spoils and substance. Now in order to fulfill that prophetic word. That prophetic word. Imagine how prophetic that word is. I mean, 
Four generations before you were born, conversations were held that now requires your birth, four generations after, to effectively fulfill that word. So you are alive today to fulfill a particular conversation that held several generations before you were born. Do you understand what I'm saying? See the gravity of your life. And neither of the people that had those conversations with God are still alive. For you to have a conversation with them to understand the tenets and the terms of that conversation. Because Joseph inadvertently is the vehicle through which God intends to fulfill that word that he spoke with Abraham four generations earlier. After Abraham, there was Isaac, then there was Jacob, and then the 11th son is now Joseph. Abraham is long dead, Isaac is long dead, Jacob is about to die, and then this is Joseph. And he's literally here to fulfill a mandate that began almost 300 years before he was born. Now, let's assume that Joseph figures out the prophetic word. He's figured it out. He's figured out that, wow, okay, the children of Israel will get into a strange land and they will be kept there by some supernatural power, all right, for a few years or a few centuries, 400 years. And then, you know, he, he really doesn't know how that concerns him. He doesn't, he, he's not found a parallel. Please listen to me and pay attention because you need to pay attention to what I'm saying. Prophetic words come in metaphors. So you read the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all those prophetic books, you will not find your name there. You won't find anything that speaks to a contemporary reality in your life. You won't find the name of your street there. But there is something you will find there that has a very massive bandwidth. With a very strong convertible latency. That is, it's so massive the scope that it has, but in your context it can be converted. One prophetic word. 10,000 people receive that one prophetic word. And it has 10,000 different applications across their lives. Without lying. And those 10,000 people don't have the same prayer points. It's the bandwidth of the prophetic word. So if it has your name on it, it has limited and excluded every other person that could possibly be a designation for that prophetic word. So this is how prophetic words must come. They come in that raw format where your name cannot be on it. But that word has your name on it. <laughs> Praise God. So you must learn how to find the parallel between that prophetic word and your own experience. Else, the prophetic word will continue to stay aloof, hanging over your head, never finding expression in your life. Because you are waiting for something as mystical as the prophetic word to make it obvious to you that that's your prophetic word. Not necessarily. Prophetic words, as mystical as they may seem, they are not mystical in, execu in execution, in manifestation. You know, one of the challenges we have, especially in this part of the world and maybe in our climb, is we mystify purpose a lot. Purpose is always elusive. It's always so vague. You know, uh, your people shall be in bondage for 400 years, and after 400 years, I will take them out with a great hand. It, it, it sounds very, very mysterious. 
Purple sounds very mysterious, you know, and it begins to use the name of kings. Different kings in different parts of uh, pre-colonial era. And he's just using those type of analogies to express something. Whereas your name is the one that would execute that emancipation. How do you find the connection? So purpose is not something that is so mysterious. Up there, aloof, that you really can't figure out. The challenge is you must find its parallel. That's what I'm trying to establish here. Because if you're an eater or you're a sower, you are asking God for bread. You're asking God for seed. God is not sending you bread. He's not sending you seed. He's sending both of you rain. But the eater is waiting for bread. When will he receive his bread? If God has given him rain and he's waiting for the answer in bread format. Will he ever receive his answers? What will he say of God? God is not faithful. He did not answer my prayers. No. God answered it. But God answered it in the way that heaven can respond. Heaven does not bake bread. Heaven has no need for seed. But what heaven has is rain. So when rain comes, it enters into the earth. Earth. Higher. Earth. That is, there are normal, natural, and mundane realities within your experience that the prophetic word must mix with. If it does not mix with it, seed will never come out. Bread will never come out. Moreover, if you are an eater and not a sower, the timeline for the answers of your prayers is longer. Because the rain does not mix with seed and turns to bread. It mixes with seed. Then seed is processed by the sower. Then the eater can then get his bread. You see why some of your answers are getting delayed. You are a consumer. You are not a producer. The quality of your mind, the quality of your actions, the quality of your thinking is always with respect to consuming the final product. Make it from anywhere, I'll buy it. And that is how you are enriching nations and enriching other neighboring communities. And you are still getting broker and broker. Because you are not thinking like a sower. You are thinking like an eater. But God has, uh, he has sorted both of you out. You can choose whether you want to be a sower or an eater. But the eater must wait for the processing time. That the sower has to engage to provide his bread for him. You can choose where you want to belong. But the point here is this. That rain must meet earth. And earth is something you can touch, feel, taste, relate with. The rain may be mysterious. The rain may be very mystical. The rain may be prophetic. The rain may have no direct and parallel application in obvious terms. Because it cannot afford to be like that. Else it will be limited to only a bube. Rachel cannot take that same prophetic word and apply it in the banking industry. Because it's only limited to real estate. Because God had limited the prophetic word with one designation that is not applicable to other contexts. And that limits the bandwidth of the prophetic word. It limits the bandwidth. This is why the same Bible is relevant across dispensations, times, seasons, billions of souls. The same Bible. It's because it's an inspired prophetic word that has latent convertibility. Nothing can exhaust its capacity to be converted to your context. 
but you must find your own parallel. So the title of my teaching this morning is Find Your Parallels. Find your parallels. So the Lord sends a prophetic word. He sends rain. You are asking for seed. You are asking for bread. But he sends rain. And like God, I'm, where's my bread? Where's my seed? And it's like I've sent rain. But I didn't ask for rain. But that's where your seed is. That's where your bread is. The parallel for rain is the seed and the bread. Are you with me? So when Joseph hears, for example, the prophetic word, he's just assuming that once the prophetic word comes, it will just happen because it's a prophetic word. It will carry you from point A to point B supernaturally without the injection of earth dynamics. This is a mystery. This is why the people of the world insult believers. Because believers are sloppy in their workplace. Believers have no sense of time management. Believers are not excellent. People are trying to build a business. Someone calls himself a pastor, a believer. He can pray in tongues. He's interviewed. He's asked questions about his proficiencies and competencies. He's saying, don't worry, God will provide. He's saying it is well. He's using languages that the economic world cannot relate with. Because he's giving them rain when they're asking for seed. He says, take rain. No. You must convert that rain to the equivalent of what earth can relate with. This is core spirituality. So those who think they are spiritual are the ones that are not spiritual. Because they think that by speaking Christianese, they think that by mystifying everything, by making it look all grandiose and mysterious, they come across as spiritual. No, you are missing the point. You're completely missing the point. You must convert it to earth components. Because that rain will never become seed and bread until it mixes with the earth. So, God was trying to raise a man who could deliver a nation from destruction and extinction in Egypt. Because Egypt was going to be the mother of Israel in terms of habitation. So, Egypt needed to be preserved. And Joseph was the wild card. He was the guy that God was preparing. See, every the plan of God centered on Joseph. Joseph could not die. You see why you cannot die but live? Because if a plan is hinged on you, God will preserve your life. There's not, nobody can kill you. Just before they kill you, Reuben will shout and say, don't kill him. You can't die. Your commitment to your purpose is your preservation. Are you hearing? Because what happens the moment Joseph dies? What happens? Who will he start with? Who doesn't want to begin his work with? You see why God insists on processing? Because of the magnitude of the destiny that you are carrying. This is one of the reasons why we have challenges in Nigeria and other African countries and even beyond today. The leadership is not processed. How can the weight and the destiny of millions of people be hanging on your head and you will go to school like a normal person? It's not possible. Not in the curriculum of God. Others are bagging MSCs and PhDs. Joseph was entering slavery and prison. That was where he was being cooked so that he can be the number one man. There is a weight you must put your neck under if you will lead at a certain level. 
And if you commit yourself to the purpose that God has for your life, nothing can touch your life. I will not die but live to declare the works of God in the land of the living. So if you are not committed to the works of God, you have no place to live. Praise God. So, so Joseph, having mystified it, he assumed that by just communicating the mystery to his brethren, they will understand and just clear the way. And perhaps even begin to implement the fulfillment of the dream immediately. Ah, uh, I've dreamt another dream. Yeah, come and hear this one. You guys said it the first time. You guys know bow. Let me say it again. Maybe you will bow this time. Because as far as he was concerned, the rain should equal the bread and the seed. So he lacked emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is a kind of that Abby. But no. These are the things that you must mix the rain with. For it to provide the seed and the bread. Earth, earth, natural and mundane things. Earth, earth must mix with that rain. That rain is the prophetic word. That rain is the prophetic word. The Bible says, so shall my word be. It proceeds out of my mouth. It does not return to me void. It's the prophetic word, the rain. But it must mix with it to provide materials that humans can find relevant. Seed and bread. So as long as you speak Christianese and prophetic mysteries that nobody can find relevance and answers in, you will be irrelevant. Because people are either sowing or eating. And you have nothing to give either of them. So all you are doing is just speaking rain, speaking rain, speaking rain. Nobody needs rain. We need bread. We need seed. I have not provided any of them. And you expect your value in the marketplace to keep rising. It doesn't work like that. So Joseph also fell short of this particular dysfunction mentally. He assumed that just because God has told me that ah, I will be the next big thing. He begins to say it in a prophetic term. He gives the dream the exact way it was given to him. He did not convert it to an earthly coefficient. He just said it the way the rain brought it. And he assumed everybody would just clear away. No, it doesn't work like that. So what were the things that God began to teach him? Basic earthly things. Earthly things. See why you must take learning very seriously. Because your lack of learning is limiting the prophetic word over your life. Your lack of learning, your lack of advancement in your career is limiting the power of the explosion that the prophetic word has in your life and its potential in your life. This is why 89.5, I have to calculate it. 89.5% of Jesus' life was lived in a carpenter shed. Have you ever thought about it? 89.5. 90% of his entire life was lived measuring, cutting, sawing, earth. 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 90%. The remaining three and a half years, he did what he had to do, he moved on. But 90%, even the first time he wanted to step out of that zone, to get into the prophetic, enter into the temple, start speaking Christianese and prophetic words, talking at each other with, you know, all those grandiose prophetic stuff. They rebuked him and said, no, that is not the pattern. Yes, you may feel excited about the potential of your prophetic fulfillment, but you need to go and look for earth and mix it with this rain. The Bible says he went back and he was subject to his father and his mother, human beings, buses. Many of you jumped on the trail, horrible buses. 
and you are the horrible employee. Many people, you jumped on horrible bosses. You can't build anything without resilience. Now, the man became a resilient boss. Fine, of course, he may have some character defaults and flaws and all of that. But the challenge is really that you have not grown competence in any area. You are not really an addition because even a horrible boss recognizes value. And if he knows that he will lose for talking to you anyhow, he will calm down around you because you have too much value that he can't risk losing you. So the challenge really is that the horrible bosses can afford to speak to you anyhow. Because they can. Do you know how ridiculous Pharaoh is? Pharaoh is angry, he kills, he beheads. Not one time did he have any altercation with Joseph. Why? You think it's because Pharaoh is not a horrible boss? Who is more horrible than Pharaoh? No, who? Can you be more horrible than a man who people come to you and said, God said, let my people go. You say, no, I am God here. Let your God be God anywhere else. But here, I'm God. I'm not letting anybody go. Uh, and of course, Pharaoh is an office. And everybody that enters into that office is evil. The, the, the requirement... It's like they will give you a gun. You know, that's how they train gang members to lose their conscience. They will give you a gun. They will get one of the people closest to you. They will say, shoot him. You are not ready to be a gang master. You can't shoot him. Ah, they are not ready. As a child, that's what they will train you in. You, you are flipping with scorpions. You hit them and injure them with stripes and all of that. They say, yes, you are building resilience against the voice of your conscience. Uh -huh. Then you are becoming more and more like Pharaoh. That's what it means to be Pharaoh. So your boss is still learning. That horrible boss that you are shouting about, he's still a learner compared to Pharaoh. But a blessed man, delivering value at the highest level, had no altercation with the most horrible boss upon the face of the earth. Not one time. Not once. Not once. This guy left his throne for Joseph. A foreigner in his land. He left his throne, went on vacation forever. Chilling in Bahamas. Because Joseph was there. It's the fact that a lot of believers don't deliver value. That is why a horrible boss has the guts. If you leave and his bottom line lives with you. He will respect you more than his board of directors. So I, I, I've not asked this guy. <laughs> what do you think about this report? <laughs> Because that one is the brain of the whole system. Praise God. But a lot of believers are speaking rain. They enter their places of work. All we are hearing and seeing is rain. Prophetic word up and down. On your desk, Joshua 1.8. You have plastered everywhere with scripture. We can't miss that you're a Christian. We can't miss it. But we can miss that you are a competent person. Ah, that's not a pattern. The rain will come, but it must mix with earth. And then it will provide seed and provide bread. The world eats and sows as long as the earth remains. Seed time and harvest will not cease. That's the only language that earth understands. Seed and bread. Then you come into the earth, you are speaking things that this, the earth cannot recognize. And you are staying in one position for 10 years and you are shocked. You are shocked that they've not promoted you. You are not praying from mountain to mountain saying that you are cursed. No, sir. You are not cursed. Nothing is wrong with anybody in the village. Nobody has your time. 
Nobody. Nobody is casting spells. Nobody. You are the one that has allowed a faulty mindset and a misunderstanding of scripture. Cripple your advancement in the things of the, of the kingdom. You are the one. So, what did God do? He took Joseph through trainings. And everything he was learning as he grew, everything was earthly. Everything. Everything. Because he lacked emotional intelligence. At the beginning, he lacked it. Heavy duty level of lack. You are, you are the biggest boy in your family. And you are the second to the last child. Now you have received a contract sum that makes you the head of everybody. How do you engage all your brothers to become your employees? How? And your father and your mother? How? Is it by telling them that I had a dream? You people will bow to me. You step it down. You convert it to an earthly coefficient. You make it into a shareholding structure. You create patterns, systems and structures that will give each of them relevance and contribution within that structure. And you give them a shareholding. And you say, you know what, well, let's do this together. You call it a family name. Even though you are the largest shareholder there. Because that is how earth responds. You try to bring everybody from everywhere. Say, I'm anointed. My business is going to blow. But everybody is coming on board. You are not paying them. Everybody is coming on board. No share. Nothing. You're just saying, because I'm the biggest, come and support me. Nobody will support you. No matter how anointed that business plan is. Because earth does not respond like that. Earth does not work like that. Seed time and harvest will never cease. You must convert rain to seed and harvest. But Joseph just went, blabbed everything. I will be your Lord. I will be God over your lives. I'm the biggest boy in town. You will bow to me. Even Jacob that loved him, rebuked him. Say, what is wrong with you? Oh man, beg on. What's all this? So even me, <laughs> Jacob was very, very insulted. Do you know what I've gone through in this my life? You, this small boy, you will now be God over me. Me. But that's not how easy he misinterpreted it. He misapplied the rain. So what did God do? God, God took him to Potiphar's house. Where he learned about at least seven proficiencies. Seven. Seven. First, he learned about project management. How do I ensure that I manage a project? Because a project is time bound. I manage a project and my boss is not angry about all the terms and the scope and the budget and the cost resources that went AWOL. How do I ensure that every time I say this thing will be ready by 15th, it will not go beyond 15th? And the quality will not also go AWOL. And the resources will not go out of work, right? How do I ensure that I project, manage everything that is within his power or within his auspices? How? And he learned project management. He learned financial management. These were the things he learned. Too. Nothing basic stuff. Financial management. He learned reporting. Because having managed all of those things, the only way Potiphar is going to get the sense of confidence about the progress being made is through reporting, effective reporting. So he learned how to make reports, how to do slides and presentations and put all the analytics there with all the insights and all of that, using Power BI. Send it to Potiphar. Potiphar said, but boy, boy, the dad is so good. How can someone be this smart? Ah, is it this guy? This guy. And then he was so confident. He learned leadership because there was no crisis throughout the time that he was head. No crisis. He managed everybody's expectations. People management, leadership, project management, financial management, communications, reporting. 
seven dimensions. Whereas all the people that went into universities, they spent four, five, six years bagging degree in one area. Bagging degrees and PhDs in one area. This guy had proficiencies in seven in slavery. Many of the times, the process you are going through, you are distracted by the reputational loss. They are missing out on the value that God is packing into you. You are, you are saying, ah, I'm a slave. No! You are bagging seven degrees. Because there is no other context where you can learn all of these things except for Potiphar's house. Except Potiphar's house, you will not learn any of these things. You continue to moan and groan about the loss of your father's house and your shirt and your... And you will never really focus on the reason why you were departing from your brothers. You will learn it because you are still mourning the departure. So during processes, don't fixate on the losses. Don't fixate on, oh, my mother, my father, my brothers. Oh, my coat of many colors. Why am I here? Stop moaning and groaning. Make the best use of the time. Maximize it. Become what you were not before you came there. Become it. Be better. Seven things. Do you know that when Joseph left, I'm certain everything crashed. Because Potiphar had observed that because of the blessedness of Joseph, everything was just chilled, soft. The Bible says he did not know anything else apart from the food on his table. His bank balances, he did not know. His net worth, he did not know. The number of shares he had in Flutterwave, he did not know. He did not know anything. He was just chilling. He needs money. Money will be sent to him by Joseph. And it was not Joseph's money. Integrity, financial stewardship, project management, administration. Oh, I didn't mention operations. Operations management in Potiphar's house. Everything was working the way it ought to work. People came early to work. He managed all their affairs and expectations. Everything. So much so, Potiphar's wife fell in love because there is something about good performance and ladies. When somebody's beginning to perform well, the person just begins to look attractive again. It may not be very fine physically, but this guy is good. Ah, ah. So he's talking. Ah, ah. Ah, ah. See his dress sense. You know, ah. he's speaking like this. All the servants are saying, yes, sir. Ah, like this guy, this guy. Potiphar's wife, oh, come funny. Just fell for the guy. This guy is too good. And he didn't get there by speaking Christianese. He didn't do morning devotion every morning. He did not. <laughs> he didn't enter office and start saying, let's bind and cast the spirit of low bottom line. The spirit of low profit margin. There's nothing like that. That spirit does not exist. It's incompetence that is the spirit. And start binding and casting. And you spend two hours of serious work time. You spend it praying. And you expect God to just give you profits like that and you just ask it doesn't work like that i don't know why christians sometimes just take god for granted be not deceived god is not mocked <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> god cannot be mocked you cannot sow nothing and say god bless it with both the seed and the harvest no you didn't sow anything you're not saying god become my seed and harvest together be everything for me 
doesn't work. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, I will introduce the rain, then it will become harvest. Do you see? Because Paul planted, Apollos watered. It's God that gave the increase. How he gave increase was he provided rain. So, if a man does not sow it, God will provide rain. Nothing will come out. God did not lie. So shall his word be. It came out of his mouth. But it has been void in your life. It's a prophetic word. It was not void over other people's life. So, the word didn't return to him void anyways. But over your own life, he jumped, he just, he just jumped. He couldn't become the fulfilling word. Because you've not learned the earthly components and coefficients of the prophetic word. You have a business. I just saw one of the businessmen in the house now. And I remember you know, some of the gist was giving me. Several businesses he runs. And God is providing rain for it. And he, he's, become a, he's become a guru at several disciplines. Digital marketing. Several things. He's interested in a business. He will go and learn the earth equivalent. How does this business work? What are the key suppliers? He will do his potter's five forces. What are the, where, where are the powers in this industry? Is it with the buyers, with the suppliers? Where exactly? Where can I plug in? Where's the maximum place for my maximum ROI? And then in a few months, he already has a business. He started cashing out. Several websites. Chilled guy like that. Praise God. Chilled guy. Because he's not relinquishing his need to research and get the earthly equivalence for the rain. If rain comes and there's no seed in the ground, you will die of hunger. And it's not because God did not provide. Hagar was crying, God, I need water. And God said, look beside you. It's already around you. We are discounting it. They're saying God must arrive in a coat of many colors. He must come with horses. And he must become that grand person that you are looking for. Deliverance often doesn't come like that. Doesn't show up like that. It's mundane things, natural things. What can you do? What's your seed? What are the things that you have become expert in? What are the things you have mastered? That's what God will pour rain on top. That's what God will pour rain on top. Then he went into the prison. Imagine all the proficiencies he had gathered in Potiphar's house. Look at his CV. Listen, some people cannot hide anywhere they go. They are too valuable. They are too valuable. You think Joseph campaigned in the prison? Wait, you think he went around campaigning that make me the head of... No, that office probably never even existed before he showed up. But when they saw him, they were like... We have hit a jackpot. This guy was never supposed to even be in the prison. He has come to the prison. We must maximize his time here. And they gave him leadership over all the prisoners. And for the first time in a long time, there were no riots in the prison. Things did not break. As a matter of fact, they were throwing parties every day. Such that the butler and the baker, the days they were sad, Joseph noticed. Ah, uh, Don't you understand? That means the prison house became a joyful place. Nobody gets excited in, in prison. Everybody's thinking about their lives. Joseph had changed the mood and the atmosphere of the prison. And he had seen that these guys were normally always happy. But this time, are you guys sad? You are sad today. And they told him their dream. Praise God. So, research and analytics. Because that's what he did. They told him their dream, then he forecasted. Right? 
And then he forecasted and said, this one, this is what will happen. And he used emotional intelligence this time. He didn't say, you die. You don't die. You don't die anyhow. He, 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 he broke the news with, <laughs> with humility. And, <laughs> and then the one that was going to survive, he networked. Uh, he said, when you get to the palace, remember me. Remember your boy. Oh. Don't forget me. Oh. He collected his card. Gave him his phone number. These were the things. See, this is how to read the Bible. Because what's the use? If you will only read it in a, in, a, in a way that has no relevance in your own context. How will you do the word? How? And then he learned. What else did he learn in the prison? Praise God. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Then he learned negotiation. <laughs> learned negotiation, data analytics, networking, research and development, and of course, emotional intelligence. About 12 proficiencies, domains, different fields. He had mastered it. Then he was ready to become prime minister. You see why a lot of the leaders of Nigeria and other countries are failing the people. They don't know anything, to be honest. Many of them don't. Many of them cannot string a line of thoughts together. Because primary six is, is the qualification for entering into government offices. And secondary school is the qualification for becoming president. No complex thinking. How can someone who cannot think critically and complexly handle the myriads of complexities in this country? Do you know how complicated the realities of managing this country is? And then you want to use a Pentium One brain to handle a massive... And this is really not an insult, really. I'm just being as honest and as objective as possible. They've never really advanced their thinking capacity to handle complex situations and problems. The only thing they understand is money. That's really all. They know how to spend. They know how to buy. They know how to just embezzle. That is all they know. Solutions is not one of the things they grapple with. There is a problem in this sector. How do we get the required resources to tackle this problem within the next four years? They don't understand it. And then all the Josephs are sitting in the church. Saying everybody else should go and vie for positions. Everybody else. But Joseph, not anymore. It is in love for the people of God that Joseph must rise. If he does not rise, there will be famine. And there will be no savior in famine. There will be destruction. And nobody will create a storage facility. There, there, is, there will be no solution in trials and in storms. Because nobody has the capacity to operate at that level and resonate with the problem. You know, some people can have conversations with the problem. Because the problem is high, but they are also at the level of the problem. And they can tackle it at that level. They can have conversations. But some other people, the problem is too much for them. They can't contemplate, so they just shut down. The problem is too much for their mind to grapple with. And Albert Einstein said, a problem cannot be solved at the level in which it was created. You can't stay at the same level where the problem was created and attempt to solve the problem. You've got to rise above the complexity of the problem to solve it. 
can't detangle a ball of laces if you're not patient and have intricacy and able to detangle delicate things. You don't have the patience, the intelligence, the wherewithal. You will just keep complaining and embezzling and traveling and having fun at the expense of the people. Bible says there was turmoil. There was turmoil in Shushan. But Mordecai, sorry, but Haman and the king sat to dine and to wine. That's really, sometimes I, I see that picture and I, and, I, and I picture Nigeria. There was turmoil. People were wailing and crying. Trains crashing, bombing everywhere. And then Haman and the king, they sat down to eat and to wine. In the moment of the people's highest pain and cries. But thank God Mordecai did not stay at the gate. Thank God he did not remand himself to gatekeeping. He rose along with Esther and they saved their people. That's the spirit of Joseph. Remember, Joseph started out not knowing how to convert. But by the time he was leaving, by the time he was leaving the prison, he first shaved so that he can look like his value. He shaved, he wore a tuxedo. And then he went to Pharaoh and he spoke Queen's English. And they couldn't understand what this guy was in prison. They didn't ask him what did he do. Like, just get out of the prison. That's not your place. That's not your place. And they gave him a role, gave him an offer that he could not deny or rather refuse. And then he became. And then all of that, all of those proficiencies and competencies across several domains was to help him formulate a strategy. So strategy is the highest level of intelligence. Strategy. Everything culminated in his ability to formulate a strategy that will move Egypt from point A to point B with the limited resources within their control and the intelligence they had about the future. So he had access to an information that nobody in the realm had. Everybody was having abundance in the same season that Egypt had abundance. All other nations too were having abundance. It was not only in Egypt. But they had proprietary information. They had intelligence about the next seven years of abundance or after the abundance. So they saved 20%. He didn't say God will provide. He saved. Strategy. So you earn. You blew everything. You say God will provide. Well done. Well done, sir. Say, no, God will provide. I, I just have to live by faith. You can't have anything in reserve. <laughs> you, have you have to finish the fuel first. Then God will not. No, that's irresponsibility. So Joseph saved. Everything Joseph did, you can do. He didn't do anything extra. But that was what the prophetic word layered on. And in just doing financial management, project management, negotiation, networking, do you know how many immigration policies he had to Draft, fiscal policies, the effects of Egypt kept rising because everybody gave their money into Egypt and he was giving them grain. FX was increasing. Then he expanded the real estates, built a whole new complex only for the immigrants and then a separate one for his own people, Goshen. And then jobs exploded. Jobs everywhere. Roads, airports. Natural things, mundane things. But what was God seeing? The preservation of Israel. The fulfillment of a prophetic word. 
But in real time, buying and selling, seed, harvest, bread, airports, fiscal policies, project management. That was all was happening in real time. But from God's perspective, he was seeing the fulfillment of the rain. Father, we give you praise. I ask that you open our understanding to receive this word. And beyond receiving it, apply it into our lives for maximum, maximum effect and productivity to the kingdom of God. Father, we give you praise and glory. We ask that this word is established in your people in all righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless your heart. Thank you. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.